0: Da, 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 da.
1: You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Is it serious? It's, yeah. it's showtime. Yes. What is up, ma'am fam and ma'am VIPs? Wherever you are, whoever you are, we are Mad About Movies. Welcome to the show. Why not grab a cup of joe? Grab a nice cerveza. Join us through our journey through time, Mm. space, and flying lettuce monsters, (laughs) as we discuss our movie of the week this week, A Wrinkle in Time. I need some oil of Olay to get rid of this wrinkle. (laughs) (laughs) Cue dramatic music. Cue whimsical CGI (laughs) creatures of whimsical and magical properties and things and glitters and glitter eyebrows um hey hey guys hey brian hey richard how you guys doing what's up i'm good man how are you i'm doing great back here for another fun hour of mad of mad about movies and um man this is one of those weekends where i got a lot on your plate got a lot to do uh so i went for the first time, I think I, I catch the early screening on Saturday of Wrinkle in Time, the old 9 a.m.er. You ever do that one? Mm.
2: Oh, yeah, all the time. That's my go-to. I'm an early be,
1: guy. That's what I was going to say. It might be my new go-to uh, when yeah. it comes to uh, preparing for the show each and every week. Is the 9 a.m. on a Saturday. You, you, you wake up, you get your cup of coffee, you get your jog in, whatever, and you see the movie and you're out of there by before noon on, you know, start your weekend mm-hmm. and that still have uh, that the, day yeah, the day ahead to yeah. rally You got, you yeah. got Sunday to, you know, uh, relax, watch some sports, things like that. Hang out with the family. And, uh, mm. I, I always feel bad when I have to keep had plans on a weekend. Part. I'm like, sorry, player, can't, tough. can't go this weekend. Really gotta, yeah. gotta go see game night. Uh, I <laughs> really can't <laughs> like you have to go see game night. I'm like, I really do. I'm sorry. I'll that's explain that's it sometime apartment. later, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's
2: weird you've never told any of your family about this podcast. Yeah, it is awkward. And refuse really. to. refuse to. Yeah.
1: I have a weird. If they had ever heard it, the- they would understand. <laughs> I don't want anyone to to hear this. Uh, so. Do
2: you guys have the weird thing where maybe this is just me and my bizarre psychosis? But uh, I so I forget sometimes to ever mention that I do this, and it really mm-hmm. confuses like friends of mine that I hang out with a lot. Like mm-hmm. I'll see people and I'll hang out with them like every two weeks for two years and then sarah or someone will bring up the podcast and they're like you have to do or they'll want to hang out on a tuesday this always happens mm. hey tuesday want to go grab dinner or something i'm like can't record on tuesdays and they're like record record what record I'm like, what oh, the show <laughs> They're like what show <laughs> i'm like oh have i not told you i do this podcast And they're always like i hang out with you all the time and i was like oh yeah <laughs> do this
3: yeah all three of us kind of have this this sort of built-in uh like, almost shame about
2: doing... Yes. No, it's no. not shame, yeah. but that's it, how it comes across. That's the show it's just like, would understand.
1: All right, yeah, we, I, I, like, I, we, we don't want anyone to hear this or know that we do
2: it. Do you that, like when people you know listen? I don't. I want no, I don't, all the strangers all. in the yeah. world to listen. I'm very proud of the show, and I'm so thankful all of you do. Yeah. But anyone that knows me, it actually makes me upset. <laughs> and there, it's such. it comes from such a nice place. They're like, oh, I listened to your podcast last week, and I'm always like, oh, no, please, please don't. <laughs> the, I don't want to talk about it. Just yeah. light your car on fire and walk away. Like, whatever... just
3: <laughs> I'm happy that they listen to it, but I, I don't really want to talk about it.
1: I just assume that no one cares about the podcast, and um, yeah. so far that uh, indication has been correct. So I just keep it <laughs> silent, and we're good. And we just move forward with our lives, and everyone, everyone's fine. I, I feel like anyone that listens to the show, I, I'm so proud of the VIPs. By the way, before we move on, we got a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of movie news items to get to before our guest joins us wrinkle in time but shout out to the man vips out there for their for rocking their vip exclusive t-shirts out in the wild Mm. and have been sending us those pictures some awesome ones uh i know we have one i don't know if it's made our instagram yet we're gonna have to instagram it up if it hasn't but somebody sent us an instagram after listening to our cool runnings episode on our vip Mm. feed of them with the actual jamaican bobsled Wearing the man <laughs> VIP t shirt. What so a world. Cool. Yeah.
3: What so an awesome cool. world.
1: So shout yeah. out to those people and uh thank you for mm-hmm. for joining us. Some um, people say here. you know they can't believe, hey, my fellas, we got a we podcast got a, team. We got a fun <laughs> Jamaican <laughs> podcast team. Um well, speaking of Disney movies and whimsy, hey. Uh we've nice. got a wrinkle in time. On the docket. Brian, I know you're a fan of the of the book. I understand a lot of people were fans of the book and I'm excited for our guests <laughs> to join us for that conversation. Um but uh we got some trailer news, trailers to talk about. I wanna mention and talk about the trailers that I saw before Wrinkle in Time, but Richard has one that he mentioned in the uh in the pre pre show meeting, which is uh <laughs> at the Ocean. Ritz Carlton. Yeah, it is. It's at the Indeed. Ritz here in Dallas. We uh, we actually we have we get, we get a suite and
2: yeah. then we just kinda talk <laughs> through what we're gonna go through. Yeah. Um
3: we smoke a lot. A yeah. lot of cigarettes. It's cigarettes
2: a- and out on the balcony yeah. though, we're polite. I mean yeah. obviously we get a balcony.
3: We all wear suits.
2: Yeah. We wear suits and just sort of talk talk our way through the show and then just Throw some money on the bed to tip and head back home
1: and record. Uh, what's weird and, is that uh, we're on three separate balconies too. It's uh, there are three rooms that are in a row. We're all on the balcony of each room. Yeah, and we're talking it's a lot each of each shouting. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's it's luxury. I mean, it's a life of luxury. Uh, it's what you it's what you guys pay for for the VIPs. Yeah. Thank you, thank Absolutely. you, <laughs> thanks. For that. The Ritz Carlton once a
2: week.
0: <laughs> we don't even sleep in the room. <laughs>
2: Literally, the dumbest thing to spend money on. But Which, office space just soil this, the robe and move in this, on.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> in this economy, office space is crazy. It's so it is. It's just it is. easier and cheaper just to get a. Yeah, the Wi-Fi you know, is incredible there too. Yeah, so. and a corner room too. I mean, not a not a full suite, but like a cor- a good corner mm-hmm. room. Yeah. You know, and it's basically basically you get a suite at the cost of a room. You know, and weeknights <laughs> right, you can get a right. corner room. Um. And so, yeah. So, and plus, we're Marriott, we're Starwood preferred.
1: So, like, it, it's only like 400 bucks a month. So, it is when you're when you got the, the the gold card, you're good. Uh, well, um, Ocean's Eight trailer, we have not talked about on the show. Um, I know it's come out. Uh, did it come out around the Super Bowl, or something like that? Maybe there was a teaser around the, there, then a trailer the just kind of,
2: yeah, a trailer came out just kind of like, you know, just kind of like out of nowhere. I don't know what I, that I, soundtrack I, I, was. I turned into Michael Winslow. <laughs> it in <it> uh, <laughs> like a windblow. Did it splatted? Down, just fell from the <laughs> ceiling <laughs> onto the <laughs> hard and water. then I was like <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> remember GAC by but, the way? Shout out. Of course. Gak all my gap sponsors out there. GAC, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are, they do sponsor the show by Gak. Um, well, Oceans Eight, uh, obviously of the Oceans trilogy uh a, a spin off reboot slash prequel sequel something like that and uh this time around uh it's another star studded cast. Um have you guys seen the trailer? Richard, obviously you have. What are your your thoughts on this? It, you know,
2: I am uh I'm getting some flashbacks here. I'm totally on board with this concept. I think it's an awesome concept, even more than Ghostbusters, I think. 'Cause this one kinda ties in and it's a little more timely than like a thirty year later Ghostbusters thing. And I'm I'm down with the all female cast and it's a really I think a pretty cool cast. And even at the teaser I was still in, but I had a watching the full trailer, a few Ghostbusters, whatever. What is the new Ghostbusters called? Edge of Answer Night. Answer the or call. Answer the call. <laughs> That's
1: Edge cool. of Edge Tomorrow. Of <laughs> Edge of Night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a Chris Isaac record. Edge of I don't know. Night. <laughs> You're thinking of Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. It's just some every sequel. Edge of Night. I'm going to see if that's uh, – uh, the Edge of Night is a League of <laughs> Legends something? Uh, well, or that know, sounds like so- me. So Barbara from the 1950s, actually, the Edge of Night. So mm. big fan of that. So, Gosh, I wish obviously. you would stop
3: bringing up 1950 soap operas, would. Richard. would. It's a That'd little annoying great. at this
1: point. Just move on with your life. Well, okay. It's not the 50s
2: anymore. Sorry, it, but it won four Daytime Emmys, it's including right. the 1979 Award of Outstanding Achievement and Technical Excellence. You which can't is take little, that away from it's it. kind of vague. You
1: cannot, you, it will forever be known for that. One of my you fav- cannot take favorite. away.
2: One of my favorite uh, Martin Short jokes, anytime anyone asks him about the Oscars, he always goes, I have a Daytime Oscar. Um, (laughs) um, very inside so yeah so anyway this trailer i had a little uh it's not i'm still i'm not as because ghostbusters i got really out on early it just seemed like this was gonna go badly there's still a chance that this could go well and i hope it does i'm rooting for this project i i can't uh can't say that enough but uh this this trailer was not not great not a whole lot of uh thrills nor nor last. what about you be yeah
4: i
3: the ghostbuster vibes came from the fact that the first minute and a half of the trailer is just a complete total reshot of the first oceans 11 which yeah. i know was pretty much a reboot of the previous but regardless it just seemed like i know she's playing like danny ocean's sister mm-hmm. but even the lines felt like they were just straight taken out of that that film. And then after that, you know, you kind of get a little bit more of like, oh, maybe it will deviate some from the uh, from just being a straight shot for shot remake. But with women, I don't know. It was it's a strange I I'm I won't say I'm necessarily anticipating it. I'm I'm super excited. I love a con uh, and I love the concept and I'm happy oh, and to go in with. with and you're uh, one for one on Rihanna
2: movies because you do love
3: Battleship. <laughs> <Show. laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but then she did Valerian. So one, but one for two is fine. Oh, that's that's a pretty right. Good, she is pretty good batting average. But did you uh, see Valerian? Of, yeah, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. It was great. <laughs> uh, <it's> just Remember <laughs> what an what an achievement in film. Um, oh yeah, gosh. so Man. Un- I'm, sorry. I'm not anyway, even going <laughs> to go down that road. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not open that. Door. The cast is weird to me because. I like go through it. I'm like it's it's very hit and miss to me personally. Like I love Kate Blanchett. Sandy's okay. I'm all right. Th- you know. Uh, oh okay. Uh, and then Olivia Munn. Okay, cool. Mindy Kaling, cool. And then it's like Ken Hathaway and Helena Bonham Carter. I don't know. It's 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 super yeah. up and down to me. And even like the male cast includes James Corden, so you know I'm out. But it,
1: you know
2: Aquafina though, bro. I mean you you've been early <laughs> Aquafina, on that. That's that's yeah. Water,
1: I think. I think. Well, That's, I think
2: that is her name. That is her it's, name, dude. You're thinking of
3: now. Aquafina's the uh, oh A
1: W K. I thought you said A Q U A. I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry.
3: Yeah, it's uh. So look, I, I'm super happy to go in and give it and with a with an open mind and give it a fair <laughs> chance. I I hope that it, I hope I'm with you, Richard. I'm rooting for it. I hope it's good. I would like for it to be good.
1: I hope so too. Steven Soderbergh is producing it. So maybe he can steer it in the right direction and keep it on par with the other Oceans films. It seemed like after Oceans 11, Oceans 12 and 13 kind of slowly got worse and they stopped making them. Uh, They probably could have kept doing those every couple of years and and been fine, even brought back two or three of the original 11 and been fine, considering they all had pretty successful careers following uh, that series. So I would still be down if they revisited the original Oceans gang. If these do well, if this does well, maybe they will uh, do that. I mean, do Oceans 14 at some point. Uh, Gary Ross is directing this. Uh, he has an okay track record, I would say, mm-hmm. as a director. Yeah. Um, the Hunger Games, were fans of that on the show. Um, Seabiscuit was highly acclaimed. Uh, Pleasantville as well, he directed that. Um but Free State of Jones last year kind of came and right. went and did not get was not very well received and he did write big in 1988 and Dave remember Dave from 19 I love Dave. Yeah, I watched that maybe last month or something like that. I just randomly thought of it and was like I'm going to watch Dave. And it was uh, it was everything I remember it was awesome. Um so so uh can't really put my foot down one way or another one way or another on uh the direction in terms of uh what I expect mm-hmm. there, so that that could be a hit or miss and um I'm really pulling for this though I love the oceans movies, maybe some of the most Damn. rewatchable maybe the most yeah. rewatchable trilogy out there. I love them they're so fun uh even though you know it's gonna happen you anticipate it every single time. I like how they position these though with Oceans eight. So if this one's successful, they can do 9 and 10 and do 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. pretty clever. And, uh, you know, this could be fine. If this doesn't work, maybe they bring back Sandra Bullock and, you know, call Julie Roberts to come back and reprise a role from Ocean's 12 and do that and still do this, but with a completely different cast, but whatever. Uh, so I think that could totally work, and I'm I'm definitely pulling for it. So Ocean's 8, coming in 2018. Can't mm-hmm.
2: wait! Surely, so, right around the corner, a couple months away. Yeah, yeah.
1: in uh, May, yeah. I believe, right into May, something like that. Yeah. Beginning of June. Yeah, we, we're, gonna, mid- we're June. Mid, yeah, beginning of June. We are going to discuss the Ocean's trilogy at some point on the VIP feed or on the main feed. I think maybe on the main feed in May or June, something like that. So um, just
2: just Ocean's Thirteen, though, because that's the one yeah, that
1: matters.
2: Scott, <laughs> <It is. An laughs> yeah. Ellen Barkin. I mean, what else do you want?
1: Okay. <laughs> well, we will we will cross that bridge when we get to it, but anticipate that. Um but I have a few more trailers I want to kind of brush by as we uh look ahead uh to wrinkle in time. First of all, guys, get excited for I'm I'm, I'm going to read this actual name. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Too, Crimes <laughs> Hold on, I gotta say it again. I gotta start over. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Too, colon. Crimes of Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Get it right. They, Give it some Grin- respect. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Yeah. Gr- yeah. Grindelwald. <laughs> Sound mixing? Grindel- <laughs> Grindelwald. Grindywald. Yeah. Grindywald. Grindywald. Grindy. Yeah. Grindywald. Yeah. yeah. Grindle sound- as in like Beowulf <laughs> Grindel, <laughs> Grindelwald. Yeah. It's probably pulling yeah, it's, from the It's that. a weird it's crossover. Tales yeah. of Grindelwald, No, Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fantastic beast and where to find it is you. It's a lot. Crimes yeah. of Grindelwald. Okay. Yeah. It's, I got it. It sounds like uh, like an English trailer. cookie. It does. <laughs> <laughs> This this is the, the voice I've come Mom, up with. Mom, may I have more world, yeah, please? Yeah, this is the voice I've come up with for that entire universe. Is <laughs> right, just it. this. It's this.
0: His head.
1: <laughs> So, any accent I do. Oh goodness gracious! That's that's that. Uh, the but Fantastic please, Beast universe. Can
2: you and I please do a whole episode just tormenting Ryan while we both do that voice? To everything he says, so he's like, "Well, guys, look, was it great? No, but the cinematography I thought and the character design was really good." Richard, what about you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like English Adam
0: Sandler. (laughs) Um,
1: So if you're just joining us for the first time this week, which you've probably already tuned out by now, if you are, um, I haven't seen or I'm not a huge Harry Potter guy. So this isn't really up my alley. And I say that. Mm Ingest, and so this is definitely up y'all. Cobblestone alley. alley. Yeah. This in, it, yeah, it is. It's all a cobblestone. It's, <laughs> it's hand placed. Uh, attention to detail. With uh, okay, have you guys seen the trailer? And what are your yeah. thoughts? If yeah, I'll
2: but, go first, Brian, because we'll go in di- we'll go and
1: ascending yet, order. So oh, okay. go for it. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll go for it. I'm a medium Harry Potter fan in that I've seen all the films. I haven't read the books, uh, but I like the films. I like them quite a bit didn't like uh, the first Fantastic Beats that much. I don't think, I mean, I think I gave like a meh grade, but like, I'll never see it again probably. About this trailer. um, Interesting. Very interesting. uh, In that, I think Jude Law is actually going to be a cool young Dumbledore. I like that choice and I think it could be kind of a bounce back part for him. Um, That's a great character and there's a lot to do with it and hopefully he has fun with it. Um, Eddie Redmayne is is still involved and so that's not great. (laughs) because he kind of just blends in with the background in every scene. <laughs>
3: um, not a whole lot of charisma, charisma yeah. already. Uh, the he's actually thing- been on this show the entire episode. We just haven't heard from him yet. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's very quiet. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he's mumbling yeah.
1: silently yeah. in the background. <laughs>
3: uh, he's trying to figure
2: out how this episode can win an award. That's really all he thinks about. <laughs> um, and then the there's like one frame of Johnny Depp, which they made a big reveal on, Right. And the huge gamble on in the first fantastic fantastic beats as as the as Colin Farrell or whomever just kind of like morphs into him. And then they're like, Oh yeah, we got Johnny Depp for the rest and the jokes on all of you, baby, buckle up and all of the world was just like, Ugh <laughs> And then they're like, Wait, you guys don't still love Johnny Depp? And everyone was like, No. And then they're like, Well, we kinda of built at least two more movies are Johnny Depp <laughs> <laughs> being the villain. So this trailer is really interesting because I'm seriously, yeah. Brian. It's like it's oh, such a quick. It's like him in the back of a car or a limo or something. And he's all white and wizardy. Of course. And yeah. It, I'm serious. I mean, first wizard he looks he's a raven like like instead he lo- of an owl. I <laughs> swear to you, Brian. It's not white face paint. I mean, it probably is white face paint, but it, it's it looks like he swam in it. His character is completely <laughs> covered in it, head to toe. He's white. Like he's white. <laughs> Wow. wow, and so I'll I'll find a screenshot and send it over to you guys. But uh, so that's the interesting part of it. But but on the positive, I think Jude Law could be a fun young Dumbledore. So Brian, mm. I, I advise you to watch uh, the trailer <laughs> yeah. when you get a chance.
3: Yeah, I'll get to that afterwards. Yeah, I love Harry Potter movies and books. I did not love Fantastic Beasts. I was kind of in the same same uh, group as you, Richard. It was like probably a B, B minus, something like that. But I yes, and I super do not. <laughs> I was not impressed with the reveal of, of Johnny Depp and in fact would have been much more impressed if it was the other way around if Johnny Depp was in the first movie and then he turned into Colin Farrell instead of the other way around that would that would be much more interesting because uh, Colin Farrell at least has some kind of uh, charisma on screen at this point but not great I'm not uh, right, I was just dis- very disappointed get, by get the first ready, one and get ready for not Brian to for laugh oh no here we go. Just sending him. This is honest
2: to god the Johnny Depp shot in the trailer. Sending it over to Brian. It is sent.
3: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow. He looks like a like an old Civil War veteran that, in white face paint that in swam paint. in white face paint. Yeah, yeah. paint. yeah, he did. He he oh, buried yeah. himself in in like soot. Gosh. It looks like for like twenty four days and came out mm-hmm. and was like, I'm ready. He just has a room he that's all soot imposs- from it's his cigarillos. Right. He is. just slams around, rolls around <laughs> in it. It's like a powdered donut room, and he just like
3: Jeez. comes out. Not one scarf either. Not one scarf. No. What
1: a what a disappointment.
2: <laughs> well, wow. the entire if you take the clothes see. off, his Man, body's made see. of them, so <laughs> they kind of slither around like the snakes that make up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's it will make a lot of money, and it could be decent.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it I just would be shocked that's what they're. The bummer of that statement, Richard, to me as a yeah. big fan of again of books and movies, is that should that feels like kind of the the ceiling. Like, well, it could be decent. I don't, I don't feel like we we're at a place where we could say Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them to the mm-hmm. <laughs> Legend.
1: <of laughs> can't even the get
3: Ale the Crimes of Grindelwald, dude. Can't get through with a straight face. It's Impossible. I, then, if we're saying like it just while drinking like, your juice in the hood. Saying, a, it might be a B plus if it's good. Like that's the best case scenario. That's a bummer. That's a bummer that we've already
1: reached that point. So anyway. why don't they just make more Harry Potters at this point? I mean, it's a, I it's like Star Wars. Are. It's like it's a billion dollar yeah. industry. Just keep pumping them out. No one would yeah. care. No She's one. She's
3: doing something Harry Potter related. I can't. I can't. I for the life of me, we talked about this before, and I can't ever remember if it's. She's writing a new series of books, or she's writing a new series of movies. But there's something that's there's a that's play coming too, along, right? But,
2: that they might adapt. There's a play yeah. that went on, right? Yeah, the West End or something that, whatever. Anyway,
3: so it is what it is. But it's I would like to be excited about the movie, not just like okay, that's that's fine.
2: But I'm pumped for it. So check it out, folks. In theaters this November, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, while being a menace in South Central, while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> With, Grindel- Google. with Grindelwald of Ghoul.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, a uh, few few more that I'll breeze by that I saw uh, in A Wrinkle in Time. It's always interesting to me what what they uh, pair with these. So there's one called Adrift, starring Shailene Woodley. Did you guys see this? Where it's like life. I came of in, pie. I caught the
3: last like minute yeah. of the trailer because I was I came in late and uh, and that was the yeah. That's what I'm I, assuming it's that's based on some kind to. of.
1: Some kind of young adult novel since it's got Shailene Woodley in it. It's mm-hmm. all she does, <laughs> isn't
3: it? Seriously? I assume. Besides the yeah, descendants.
1: That's all she's done. It's is- it's
3: directed by Balthazar Cormac Cormacor, so you know it's good. Who uh he did uh, uh what was the movie? Contraband with uh Right with Marky Mark. Oh, so. that was good. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. He did do Everest though. Everest was one of those really oh, that's good. That's that's better than I thought it was gonna be for sure. So but it does. It, look, it did. It did not look good. A drift. A
1: yeah. drift looked. Uh, it looked like a cross between Life of Pi and Castaway meets Fault in Our Stars or something yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Which is fine. Yeah. The um, cup is,
3: uh, which hey, unknown. Cup, if you, I think he reveals is. at
2: the end with like Johnny Depp and Fantastic He's Beast out with,
1: with Wilson the volleyball. It's gonna be <laughs> <sighs> great
3: performances all around.
1: Uh, a couple of animated movies. Um, we get a, from Illumination, the company behind such classics as Minions. Did it becomes, make you angry
3: when the Minions came on screen before this? <laughs> yes.
4: Illumination! Wait, why, why, does <laughs> that, why does that have to As happen?
3: a rage stroke, yeah. <laughs> there. It's in their
2: logo, which makes me so happy. <laughs> like, honest to God, there's a chance of that, if that... Studio stays successful that we could be looking at twenty years of that logo. Yeah. I just can't, never knowing when it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> just living in
1: total fear, and avoiding all trailers before movies. Oh man, they're they're up a creek with. uh, I think they was it them. Did they make Super Secret Life of Pets? Um, Was that mm-hmm. them? I yeah, think it was. Think so. And it was it Sony Animation? Something like that. Well, the Secret Life of Pets people. Uh, of course, Secret Life of Pets main character starring Louis C.K., and they were like, how far through with the next one? (laughs) And you can't just cut that character out or change the character's voice in some way? I don't... Man, they are... That is a bad situation. I'm glad I'm not... (laughs) The guy that had to animate it hair by hair, and then Louis C.K. pulls what he pulls. Like, (laughs) are you serious? This is not... Literally. Uh, Talk about rage stroke. Gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just made the dog... Never
2: mind. I can't go there. I got a good joke <laughs> yeah, for you guys, yeah, but is, I'll keep it off the air. Yeah, it just is. tweet
3: it. Um, VIP feed. Yeah, dude, that's funny. Today, I, I, my kid is on spring break, which is hell. But uh, he, we were, you know, I was like, let's pick a movie, let's watch a movie. You got to chill. And I was like, oh, let's. <laughs> I was giving him suggestions, and he was, you know, saying no because really, what he wanted to watch was. I don't know something I didn't want to watch, and anyway, cars, I got cars to see, too. I was like, "Secret Life of Pets," how about that? And then I was like, "Well, do we still watch Secret Life of Pets?" I don't really know what to do with it at this point. Maybe we need a moratorium on Secret Life of Pets, but uh, it is. Yeah. And
1: Cooper's a huge Law and Order SVU fan, so oh, he wanted yeah. to only watch <laughs> yeah. that. Um, you wanted to watch regular Law and Order, and he was strictly <laughs> yeah. SVU. It's not like, hardcore. Only yeah, he needs right. the
2: Sex Crimes Unit. Yeah. It is. Right. It's, it's only totally.
3: like, dude, can we? Just, yeah, it's... Spring Break. Can we get it? Can we bring it down a notch? <laughs> <Jeez, but. laughs> that's
2: funny i don't watch uh network dramas Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and um and i'm always whenever i do come across an an episode of csi or svu normally i'm in a hotel room or something i'm always shocked was like this is on nbc it's like really always shocking to me that they can get Mm -hmm. away with everything they get away with
1: oh yeah it It is is. there's not a lot of rules anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, no one, yeah, no one watches anymore, so it's really you can do whatever. Cuz I
2: want. always have the thing I'm like this is kind of weird, but it's on NBC. It's not going to get the oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um a few more to to uh well, all that to say, Illuminations making a Grinch movie um mm. with Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch or voicing the Grinch. And I've seen some headlines online that's like how dare they remake the Grinch. A remake of a classic. Jim Carrey is a god. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like to me, that movie's oh, an abomination—an abo- yeah, absolute it. abomination. Um, the I hope I wish about- it didn't exist. And so, and there's a lot of people probably listening to this that 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 version of the Grinch was their no, classic Christmas animated Christmas. Animated it's all about forever. the original animated yes. one, yes. guys. Yeah. Come on, 100. yeah. That was, well, that I, was a classic.
2: I had the good fortune with some friends over Christmas. Going to see the Grinch, the live musical, Mm. uh, which exists. You're a mean one. Best Christmas Carol of all
1: time, by the way, Richard. We love that
2: one. You know, here comes Candle. I wouldn't touch you with a. But there's there's uh, there's they've added songs. I would I wouldn't be surprised if this one is the version of that musical, and they've added Mm. songs and the original songs are still there but they had to make it cuz the grinch cartoons like 30 minutes right and then the movie has all this weird subplots in it but the musical is like still the same sub, same standard plot as the animated one but they added like seven songs to get it to like an hour 25 and i bet that's and they those songs are terrible and it's really jarring <laughs> because all those other grinch songs are great you know who yeah. you know all that stuff is i love those are all christmas jams and then it's like they're just these really cheesy kind of Broadway Christmas songs. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's so if it's that, it will be even worse than the Jim Carrey version.
1: Can't hate to let you down. But I think Benedict's an interesting choice. I think it's I think that's cool. I'm on board with that. It's just funny. It's like, oh yeah. Director of Apollo thirteen is doing the new solo movie? That sounds awesome. It's like, no, the director of the Grinch is doing the new <laughs> solo movie. <laughs> it's like you can get very different scenarios there. But Yeah, yeah Ron I'm, Howard's hard I'm, to read, man. He is. I'm on board with all things Grinch, though. I'm, I'm. I dig the original Grinch. I like Dr. Seuss and Seuss related things. Um, only in animation, though. I don't know why they did the Cat in the Hat and the Grinch, and the, it's mm. like it's disconcerting. Yeah, non animated. Like, just yeah. do 2D animation and do that same style of the original Grinch movie and the original Dr. Seuss cartoons, and we're good. And just keep doing that. Mm. I think that that's a big business that. Somehow nobody in Hollywood has figured out. Let's just keep yeah. doing that. <laughs> like, oh, we oh, let's remake Peanuts. Or what if we do this cool animation style? Or we can just do what everyone likes as Peanuts <laughs> and everyone would be a lot happier with that. How about that? Hey, by the way, can we agree that uh, Peanuts? Oh, it looks
2: like it's going to be um, like, oh, good. Music by Danny, Danny Elfman. Yay. So it's all new music. Ah, oh, it comes out this year. Um, but it's I don't think it is that musical. So hopefully it's it's different. Better. Yeah. yeah. It
1: is called But it's di-
2: the great it's directed by um Kevin Smith's partner, Scott Mosier, who I mentioned earlier. So you know it's good. <laughs> um mm-hmm. it smells good. Hopefully it's not smelling. <laughs> um <laughs> Um Yeah, I don't I, I'm with you, but the thing about peanuts is we all like that song. We all like the peanut song, and we like the <laughs> yeah. We like all the music, and we like the kind of warm feeling it gets us. But have you ever laughed at a peanut? Like it's a ostensibly yeah. a comedy cartoon, right? Has it it's not, ever made any of they're us like, laugh? No one's ever yeah. laughed at it. And at, it's like
1: yeah. it's one like, of the biggest bits is they're at a psychiatric ward, like, like <laughs> yeah. in a psychiatrist's right. office or whatever. Yeah. It's not funny, like ever.
2: It's I and for some reason I like it just because I like the like you said, Ken, I like the aesthetic and I like that if they didn't have that Vince Garaldi piano score, it would be (laughs) awful. It's just the same peanut, uh, the the football gag, and then they all like realize a lesson and then they like kinda talk about how adults are stupid. And then it's it's not really that good. It's just like a weird we all like it. I like it. I'm including myself, I like it, but I don't know why.
1: Well that's I mean (laughs) I got to say, and we will get emails about this, the The Charles Schultz Peanuts cartoon comic strip is great and very funny, and you laugh at that. Uh, but the Peanuts cartoon Dude. television series specials, not. Um, so just got to differentiate there. And that. look forward to that. The Grinch coming in this year, this Christmas, uh, in November, I believe. We also have Hotel Transylvania 3 oh. coming Gosh. soon. Mm. Another one of those. Uh, Sandler & Co., Cranking Good. out those. Mm. Finally. Nick Swordsden, but for the kids. <laughs> I wasn't wasn't aware there was a Hotel Transylvania 2, but uh oh, yeah. I'm glad Big I did player Big, Big player, player in your house. Man.
3: Oh yeah. It's on Netflix, so you know, it gets it gets watched a lot. The first one's not, strangely, but
1: Ah, second one it's is. a classic. I mean, you don't want to give yeah. that one up. The first no. first hotel Transylvania. Right. I mean, it's make the, people pay for that one. All right, the Library of yeah. Congress will be right. inducted.
2: Oh, summer, <laughs> summer vacation. Summer vacation. Sandberg's in this one though, and Selena yeah.
1: Gomez. They're on a and, cruise. Yeah, in all of them. Selena's yeah. in all of them, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah, is she are. okay? Sam Fred Jesser. That's it's a actually uh, mm-hmm. interesting. I think I read an article about that series and the battle that they had with the intellectual property of that series because all the iconic characters that they have, Dracula, Frankenstein, the mummy, all those, uh, the studio that made the movie doesn't own any of those characters. So oh, it's had like the to, Lego thing? Right. And so if you look at Dracula, he doesn't have a widow's peak. It's like this weird bald mm. haircut thing. And and uh, they had to cross all these lines with what they could and couldn't do with Frankenstein and uh, how they could make the characters look to cross the IP line. So that's just an interesting so- article. And a if conversation I'm, around that, but
2: if I am trying to see who the name is, but okay. I, I It's not, if I'm the, pre- Christine Belson, she's the president of Sony pictures animation. If she has any sense of humor, she starts this movie with a Sony animation, dark universe, huge logo. <laughs> and then it goes at just in you know, a
1: yeah. troll move. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, we also I also saw a trailer for Isle of Dogs in this, which was odd. Yeah, is there, um, the Wrinkle in Time would maybe be interested in that, but uh, it is PG thirteen. I thought didn't think that was a. I guess they're kind of swinging for the fences with the uh, with that placement. Also, the Mary Poppins reboot trailer teaser. Saw that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did we discuss that in uh, on the show yet? I don't think we have.
2: Briefly I, on the Oscars app. but That's about it. Yeah,
1: was it was was I the only one that thought when they announced this and and talked about it that it was going to be set in like present day? I didn't know it was going to be full period piece. We're throwing it back to original Mary Poppins. Mm. I thought it was going to be, oh, Emily Blunt is Mary Poppins, but in present day, which was intriguing now, the, to me. Uh, I didn't know the ad- it, they're both the adults, intriguing, like but I just didn't kids. know. Yeah, the adults are the kids from the first one, so she like
2: returns and they're like in their thirties, mm. gotcha. but she's hotter now she's very <laughs> popular it, so it's magic not that julie andrews wasn't stunning but she's like <laughs> you know but, you know, it's, it's very confusing for the uh <laughs> for the male one he's like what i remember her being super hot was you mean me emily blunt wasn't cast for her
1: singing abilities <laughs> i can't
2: i mean man, i man the one line though she says in it it's like wow it's it's unbelievable the voice she has yeah. the uh she's great the uh so the julie andrews voice she does in the little face You're like wow it takes you immediately back i'm that's exciting. Um, the director makes me very nervous uh, because it's what's his name that did like Chicago, Rob. Oh, Rob Marshall. Uh, Mar-
3: Marshall. Yeah.
2: So that makes me a little nervous, but I <laughs> like everything else about it. Yeah. And I'm on board. I love Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is like why I love movies, probably, if you were to get to the core of it. That's like the first movie I saw, probably. Mm. So I well, am that, um,
1: that or that or Taxi Driver. That's amazing. Uh, I am <laughs> not big on the. Disney live action before 1990 uh, like the chitty, chitty bang bangs and uh, all the, uh, the Disney live action before Mm -hmm. uh, the golden age of animation, before they realized that they were good at animation and they focused on that. They did release um, those. So I just don't know if kids today are into Mary Poppins or if they're going to care, if their parents are going to try to take them and they're not going to care. I can see this being a moderate success. I can't see this being like, $100 100 million dollar movie or anything yeah, like I'm that. Yeah,
2: I'm with thoughts. you. I I I wouldn't be surprised if this made so much money and was like the family hit like the like a bigger version of the Greatest Showman cuz I mean kids don't really care about if the songs are good, then people are going to go see it, right? So, I don't think kids care about PT Barnum either, but they went to see that. Um, mm. but I see your point though, Ken. I don't think that's wrong. I could also see it being like, oh yeah, that didn't do that well. Even though it was good, you know, it was <laughs> good but didn't but I, I think it's gonna be I mean the look is right and uh Yeah. Definitely cast is really interesting. So I hope it's good, man. I love Mary Poppins. It would be yeah. cool. I mean that would be actually something really cool uh for kids to be into again.
1: If they focus sure. on what instead of the, the grinch for the thirtieth time. Yeah, if they focus on what made the original one great, which was the big the big dance numbers, the big yep. songs, the the practical sets, things Shot like drawings. that. I
2: mean, they drawings. Could, they
1: could, yeah, they could do some really cool stuff with it. Dick Van Dyke's just, practical accent. Dick Van Dyke will, will definitely have a cameo in this, right? For sure. And <laughs> Dick Julie Van Anders.
2: Dyke might be, I mean, not immortal because, like, <laughs> this is super dark, but, like, because he's <laughs> aged. But, like, it's weird he's still alive, right? It seems like he's been famous for,
1: like, 700 years. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he was in his mid fifties doing the Dick Van Dyke Show. Right? You know, wasn't <laughs> no, like it seventy five years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's still 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 killing it too. He was in the Oscars no, a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's still, great.
2: I love him, and great. I'm not rooting for his demise by any means. But it is every time I'm like, wow, it's like there are yeah like, like, him
1: him along Prince with is dead. Dick Van Dyke's still going. There's a few people. Betty White's one of them uh yeah. you know Stanley MelBrooks Carl Reiner these people that are in the, like 90s literally awesome. that are just killing it still I I just can't believe that it's so so awesome to see um and one more I'll mention before we move no, on no way I make it that Disney's long. uh reboot remake uh spin off something answer to Paddington is Christopher Robin the Winnie mm. the Pooh oh, yeah. live action this is another case of why can't we just do Winnie the Pooh in animation why do we have to <laughs> make it live action and the answer is probably paddington but um, again this
2: very english thing of are we supposed to enjoy this because i'm just sad every time i watch anything with (laughs) winnie the pooh yeah loved it as a kid just because the characters are cute you know had all the stuffed animals and stuff but then when i got to be an older kid i realized that it all it's just a very sad morose story and uh i don't know if that resonates anymore but maybe it'll be it looks all right right got that trailer got good buzz and it made everyone cry Mm. so that's what kids
1: want Yep. What? Are you, what uh, are you looking forward to taking Cooper to see the <laughs> Pooh movie, Brian? Uh,
3: maybe we can avoid it. We'll see. I mean, I'm not like against it, but Winnie the Pooh, even as a kid, was not one of my jams. So I've not passed that one on to him so much. And he's like, he's at the age now where if he doesn't, <laughs> if he doesn't get to, uh, really get excited about Winnie the Pooh in the next. I don't know year, then it's not going to happen. And so I'd kind of just rather skate on through. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But hopefully if he's not a super weird person, then, uh, that, that could be, so if I can get through, like he's about turn five, if I could get to six and he's just like not interested in Winnie the Pooh, then I think we've dodged that. I don't want to call it a bullet. It's fine. It's, Winnie the Pooh is fine. It's just not something that I care about. It's, it's like you get to a certain point with kids where you're at his age where you're like, it's not even that I think something that you're – it's not even that I'm like, I don't want you to be interested in this. It's just like you have so many freaking things that you are yeah. obsessed with. And anything that you get interested in, then comes the toys, then comes the I want to watch that 12 times, all that sort of stuff. It's I just – I want to avoid – I want to be like you. You get five things that you can be interested in, and nothing else. Every, yep. We just got to stay in these lanes. Let me you know. Dirk
2: is already one of them. Chosen yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. one. Things.
3: Bill Murray two. You can pick the other three, whatever <laughs> you want to do. But these are these are locked in for you. But yeah, amazing. Just well,
2: Jim
1: Jarmusch, Bill Murray movies though. <laughs> Start them on the accessible stuff. Goodness, goodness gracious. On that note, let's uh, take a swig of our coffees. And welcome in our guests and talk a wrinkle in time.
4: What up, man fam? It's Brian. I'm here to tell you about our newest sponsor, Rx Bar Kids. As most of you know, I've got a kiddo, and like most parents, I sort of dread snack times. I want him to eat something healthy, but I also don't want to have to fight him over every single bite. Thanks to Rx Bar Kids, I no longer have to worry about that. RX Bar Kids is a clean label snack bar made with high quality, real ingredients designed specifically for kids. They put the main ingredients right on the front of the packaging, and I know when I hand a bar off to Coop, he's getting 7 grams of protein without any added sugar. And hey, they taste great too. RX Bar Kids comes in 3 flavors: chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, and Coop's favorite, Berry Blast. They're great for after-school snacks or lunch add-ons, and I keep a couple in the car in case of emergency cravings. I've been eating RX Bars for breakfast every morning for weeks, and when my workday is turning into a work night, a kids bar is a perfect pick-me-up. Find RX Bar Kids at your local Target or for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com/mad and enter promo code MAD at checkout. That's rxbar.com/mad. Promo code Matt. Thanks, Rx Bar.
1: Yes, Alright, well, um, is on are you guys ready in there? You're end? in? Your ends?
4: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. yep. yep.
1: Okay. Alright, here we go. We are joined by our friend, backed by popular demand, Miss Megan. Hey, Megan.
0: Hi. Hi. How are you guys?
1: Good. Good. What have, you been up, up? What have you been up to since it we last time? Clap. Um,
0: not much. Um, I, you know Oscar stuff, I guess. Yeah. I, and then I didn't watch anything for a week because I was exhausted.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Mentally drained because yes. of the Oscars, like like we all were, of course. Well. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it feels like we host them, you know, because we've got to do that <laughs> show right
2: after. It is. I mean, I don't like the
3: Bruce Valange keeps calling us like, yeah. hey, Bruce, back off a little, bro.
2: <laughs> we should put a thing in the credits next year that Bruce Valange wrote all of our jokes for that episode. Written by Bruce Valanche.
1: yeah, <laughs> And designed our theater. Awesome. He could use the work, let's be honest. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> Megan joins us for wrinkle in time talk. And I'm not sure your background on it, but I will speak for myself. Um, I had not read Wrinkle in Time. Apparently, I'm the only kid in the universe who had never (laughs) read. Probably, no. I know I'm the only kid in the universe who simultaneously has never read Harry Potter and A Wrinkle in Time. (laughs) Surely there's one kid who has not read both of them. I think I'm the only one. But um, so I'll preface my thoughts with – I didn't read the book. I had no knowledge of the story, anything like that going in, uh, other than this was a well-known novel that is being translated by Disney into a movie. Uh, So going in with those thoughts, um, I really think uh, going in like a movie that we saw, I guess, six months ago around this time, six, eight, nine months ago around this time, another big novel that was being translated into a movie that had a lot of anticipation. Um, This is a movie, A Wrinkle in Time, quote-unquote movie, a story that I just don't think translates well into a movie. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that it's a bad story, bad anything, property, anything like that. Um, I just found it to be pretty boring. Um, A lot of intro. um, To me, it felt like – you, I'm sure if you the, the side of the conversation that has read it can fill me in on this. It felt a bit like if this was the Chronicles of Narnia, and you spend ninety five percent of the movie talking about Narnia and what a great place Narnia is, and we need to go to Narnia. Um, and then they walk through the door and they're like, "Here's Narnia," and then credits roll. Like that's what it felt like uh, mm-hmm. with this. It just didn't. There wasn't really any big things that happen no big set pieces really other than lettuce lady which i mentioned at the (laughs) outset which i'll get to um i'm a fan of the cast i like the people involved i like the director um but i just knew i was in for a for a time when i mean why do they have to do the little preface before the movie. Hi, I'm Ava DuVernay. We put all our heart and soul into making a wrinkle in time so that you would come here, you know, like just begging you, literally begging you to like the movie before you're watching it. And I'm just, it just didn't give me the right mindset. And I think that kind of threw me off from the, right from the beginning. And to me, I just never really got into it. There were some fun, surreal parts at the kind of towards the end, it starts to find a tone that I kind of liked Mm -hmm. Um, but the setup was just so bad, and the CGI was so intense, and I felt that the screenplay was so weak for characters that I didn't know any idea about. That it, it was just hard to win me over from a, as a new as a new person to this property. So not very high on this, and uh, for me, it's a swing and a miss for a wrinkle in time. Sadly, um, but I'm excited to hear the people who've actually read the book their thoughts, because this (laughs) might be the best adaptation ever, but I just, I have no idea. I have no idea what, what to really even think, uh, think here. So, um, Brian, I know you have seen it, Mm -hmm. so we'll go Mm -hmm. with you and maybe to kind of even things out here.
4: Sure.
3: Yeah. I read the book a lot when I was a kid and like a preteen. I, I, I know we read it in school and I, I feel like I have some vague memory of Whatever grade it was that we read it in school, I had already read it um, from from home. My parents... Nerd.
0: Read books. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love
3: books. But uh, my parents are huge nerds and have many leather-bound books, and I had read this before we read it in school. I loved it as a kid. I hadn't revisited it in uh, probably, probably 20 years. I did. I, I audio-booked it. Um, last week or the week before, prepping for this. this is a short read. It's a real. It's a pretty easy read. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's it's an easy adaptation by any means. It's second in my mind. You know, when when this was announced and it's Ava DuVernay and it's Disney Money and all this sort of stuff, I thought, um, yeah, that should be that should work out well. That's it's time. Like we've technologically come a long way to where we can do some of the stuff that's from that book. And uh, it'll be, it'll be fine. And then on the reread a couple weeks ago, I was like, I don't know that this is going to translate very well. It is, it's high fantasy and also kid fantasy at the same time. It's like a kind of a weird combination. That's what's made it so successful as a book and, and what Madame Lingle was, was very good at. And uh, the book, I, I love the book. I'm here for the book and it's, it's very good. Not a good adaptation, to be fair to Ava DuVernay and, and everybody involved with this, again, not an easy book to adapt. I think I um, was talking with our friend Ariel uh, about this because he started reading it for the first time this last week. And and I told him, I was like, it's just, it's a re- it's a really dark subject matter. And Megan, I want to turn it over to you here in a second. I don't know if you've read this book, but um, it's 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 really dark. It's not super kid friendly and i feel like if you were going to do this if you really were going to adapt it and uh have it be um faithful to the book especially in tone if not just in you know actual events and stuff you'd you'd almost need to do like a really dark pg13 sort or or maybe even further sort of uh sort of vibe to it um and then that's not what they're going for here. I think that's a big part of the problem with the movie. Is it And we've seen this a lot, we we talk about it a lot with movies that the theming is geared towards kids, but the, uh, like the, the action and the events and stuff are too adult for kids to see or to understand. Power Rangers is a great example of this, of, i would have liked Power Rangers 10 times more if I could have taken my kid to see it, but he's too young to be able to sit through all the stuff that was in that movie, and yet it was too dumbed down for adult audiences. That's not quite the extent, I think, with A Wrinkle in Time. It's not that bad on on either level, but it's kind of a movie that you you... It's aiming at adult audiences. It's trying to find adult audiences. It has to with a budget like this and with it being live action and stuff. That's that's we're kind of um, it's kind of like a built-in target that we that it has to hit. But all of its messaging and all of its um, event building and whatnot is geared more towards kids. And so you have this weird dynamic of if I'm just looking at this as a kids movie you know it's okay it's not great it's not going to be one that I'm going to be super excited if coop gets into and I have to rewatch it over and over again but if I if I take that further and look at it and kind of uh, grade it the way that I would grade a normal movie geared for adults it's really really bad and it's very <laughs> it's very difficult to um kind of square those two realities so look i <laughs> I've not been looking forward to this episode. Um, I, we all, I don't know. I, I, we all want Avery DuVernay to succeed. We all want uh, voices that are not straight white men to be um,
2: heard. Think for yourself, and, dude. I'm holding on.
3: <laughs> and, I'm wearing two uh, shirts and a farm <laughs> jacket right now. Magna. Yeah. So 3 of the 4 of us want uh <laughs> what if you're angry about that please tweet at Richard Bard. No, and look it's we we all want other voices to be heard and then and we're all here for diversity and uh equality and all of these things. And it's but we also have to I feel like we have to say like this is just, this not a good movie from from my perspective and I'm going to grade that as I would if anybody was in the director's chair or anybody was in the cast and and so on and so forth. It's messaging is spot on. It's actual, the actual, uh, events, the actual acting, the actual scenes are, uh, are just not very good. So, and it, and to answer your, your question from six hours ago, can't, it is not, uh, it's not a faithful adaptation of the book and that's fine. I don't, I, anyone who's ever listened to this show knows I am not, the guy who will uh, get angry when anything changes from from book to movie. I understand that these that's how these things work, so that's fine. It's Not faithful. It is also not necessarily a good representation of what uh, the, the the events of the book uh, put forward. So I've talked forever. I apologize, Megan. You're our guest. I, I emailed you this this <laughs> afternoon and, and just kind of warned you like, hey, I kind of think we're all going to be fairly negative on this. I just want to let you know I didn't want you to feel like <laughs> if you love the movie that you're walking into a trap and we're that we've sprung on you. But uh, I I'm super interested at a if you read the book and B uh, how you felt about your general thoughts on on the movie itself.
0: Yeah, so I read the book as a kid, I think, as you mentioned, a lot of people did and I actually reread it before I saw the movie just because it had been so long and I couldn't really remember a lot of the details. So, um, you know, I was kind of very aware of, you know, the things that they had changed. And more than anything, when I left, I felt super self-conscious almost because I was so aware of what a cynical 25 year old I am now,
4: because
0: sure. I mean I was just kind of not on board the whole time mm. and you know so much of it seemed so happy and pure and I was just like no this is just not working for me there were um you know you know visually I thought it was really interesting and ambitious obviously but um you know there were some plot points that I was kind of you know again, like you guys said it was tough to mm. jump into completely
2: Arby leaves you yeah, I did not read this as a kid, but I have read the book. I read it uh probably when I was nineteen or twenty, was kind of trying to uh fill any gaps on uh uh some things that, you know, I hadn't read maybe growing up. And this is like you said, Brian, it's a quick, easy read. So like I was working at a bookstore and like I don't know, probably was supposed to be working and like read it and didn't help anyone or something. Sounds about like me. <laughs> um so I read it as an adult. So I always was like, This book is terrible because I'm 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 not good at putting my myself in a you know like a 11 year old's place so sure it's great for that and you know i loved animorphs as a kid i don't think i love animorphs I'm lying. i still read animorphs all the time <laughs> um so uh so there there's that yeah i this um this is this movie's kind of a mess in a lot of ways the script uh you know Obviously, it's it's a tough thing to adapt. Just with this, like you know, to, I'm not going to re restate what Brian said. It's tough to adapt. Is it, And uh, but it's kind of one of the things. Like if you're going to do it, then. But I'm stu- just because it's hard. You know, if something's impossible to adapt, there's an easy thing to do. You just don't adapt it. So if you're going to do it, I, I can't like you know pull off and be like, well, this was impossible. It's like you tried, so I have to grade you on that, right? Um, but it was I thought just kind of a kind of a tonal. I, you know, Brian, you, you said something. It's not quite like to the Power Rangers level, but to me, I thought this really was attempting to be an all ages, really spectacle, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. crazy thing. And then when immediately, I think in testing, when it wasn't that, they're like, "Oh, it's it's oh no, this is for kid. We're making this yeah. for kids. Like yeah. kind of an audible, real quick, and mm-hmm. then kind of take some of the pressure off. I'm not saying that's what Avery Renee did or anything, but the studio, I feel like, with their messaging, kind of changed their marketing a bit. It's uh, kind of a cop out. Um, and so it's, it's, it, it, right. it's an interest, it's an interesting cast, but like, and and look, they're playing sort of ridiculous characters. Um, so I don't expect them to be, uh, you know, the new Rat Pack, but they had no, chem- I didn't think like anyone yeah. had chemistry. I agree. Really like jarring to me. Um, and then, and then the, I mean, this is like the worst thing to say, but it's like, uh And I, 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 you can all hate me, but I'm just gonna be ai I, there's no, no joy in saying this. The the lead child actress is is Jake, she's, like Brian said, she's Jake Lloyd level. Yeah, doctor.
3: she's terrible. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, she was really but bad. Th-
3: yeah, yeah. This is her first like main lead role, so there's it's yeah, it's there's a chance. I I want to be positive. I don't. I super don't like dogging on. Yeah, me, too, uh, me. It's not
2: her. Actress. The movie is yeah. not bad because of her. And right. It's yes. it's not it's like you know the kid that was Mowgli wasn't great either in Jungle Book, but the movie was awesome and you got over it. This is like not a very good movie, so you noticed it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's you know, a an incredibly brave and and <laughs> awesome kid for doing this. You know, I I I that's a big that's a lot to put on a kid. Yeah. Uh, but just like it took you out of the movie, she just was not believable. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, the uh. But, yeah, the whole thing to me was kind of a mess in that way. Like nothing, none of the p- pieces. There was some beautiful cinematography, but none of the pieces really fit, whether they were the actors and actresses or, or uh, the tones or anything. It just seemed like kind of, and I put that on the direction, you know, kind of the cohesive uh, piece of it. And, and, and in Selma, we see a really wonderful movie, uh, but these are, you know, very different type of movies to make. Um, these, <laughs> there's something, it's almost his own weird skill in making these big uh, yeah, blockbuster films. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, instead of, like, an indie drama. And, and uh, you know, Avery Devernée may, may be able to do that awesomely with her next time out. It, it, I would imagine it was quite the quite the learning experience. But uh, uh, this was, a I thought, a pretty big miss in, in terms of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So, fire up the tweets. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So now that we've gotten oh, that shit. out of the way, let's tear this thing apart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Um, yeah. So... I think what this film is missing is real I don't know mythology. it felt like it didn't have the the uh, credibility of something like the Lord of the Rings would have or something like even Chronicles yeah. of Narnia would have in terms of mm-hmm. if you're gonna attract a fantasy audience, I think they need to have a little bit better um background a little bit establish a world a little bit better um and in terms of aiming this for kids, Richard, just to your point. Um, I thought so, too, until they're bringing up diplomacy, tesseracts, quantum mechanics. These are all words and plot points in the movie that are huge blares. And it's like, yeah, George Lucas. Yeah. Episode one, the Phantom Menace is aimed at kids. But why are we talking about trade federations and, you know, <laughs> yeah. embargoes yeah. on kids love that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> lifting embargoes on on trade disputes. Uh, no one cares. Uh, kids don't care. So uh, you can't have it both ways. And, and so one of the main things I think went wrong here is they had this guy, Cary Granat, um, to actually make this a while ago. And he was the guy who did who had worked with them on Chronicles of Narnia and Bridge to Terabithia. Um, he, was out, he was out of the project, and they brought in Jennifer Lee, who is a more Disney-friendly writer. Uh, you might know Jennifer Lee from such films as Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, and Zootopia so you're bringing you're nixing the guy who is established in world building for the person that's more Disney movie style so that it does feel a little bit watered down in terms of that or what it could be a little bit more of a truthful adaptation to the novel and maybe been a little bit more um, intellectual I guess uh, is the point I'm trying to make there but um i really enjoyed chris pine in this and in everything so he gets the mvp in my vote for being bearable and pretty much everything he's in despite how good the movie is um i really liked him i liked the multiracial family dynamic here i liked all that stuff there is a yeah, powerful yeah. scene with him and his daughter in the towards the end of the film that is a, the, the one bright spot of the movie uh, if there is anything to kind of recommend about it, it would be that, and maybe one or two other kind of visual notes. But um, y- y'all were talking about the cinematography and the visuals and it being striking and everything. I thought it looked awful. I, I- Maybe I'm the only person who I've heard is, say that. Exposure is way too high. I don't know. It just – if you're going to make a fantasy world, at least make it look enchanting. It just mm-hmm. is like, all right, we're in the middle of a field, and there's a lake. Like that was it? <laughs> like really we we got we got all this time with CGI and maybe maybe that's the world that they describe in the book. I'm sure that's probably what the deal is, but it's like okay, we're in Wyoming. Okay, the, like that you know it didn't shouldn't feel like I was in some kind of other world or anything like that. So maybe that's uh I expected to be swept away with you know Alice in Wonderland felt like at least you were in this crazy place at least you know and this didn't. It didn't have that uh, that going for it in terms of that. But um, I'm just going through my notes here. Uh, paper foldy thing where they had to explain the wrinkle in time with the folding of the paper. I'm just kind of tired of that in movies too. Where mm-hmm. to explaining holes in space-time and time travel by using the paper blanket cloth um, explanation. Um, also... Charles Wallace, Charles Wallace, Charles Wallace, Charles Wallace. Why do we, yeah, just has to stop the saying of Charles <laughs> Wallace and Charles Wallace himself has to stop. I, that kid, you said the girl was bad. I thought he was infinitely worse than the girl. He was horrifically <laughs> well, bad, bad about
2: child actors, man.
1: <laughs> And the the kid, uh, Levi Miller, I believe yeah. is the other guy yeah. from pan. Like his career is probably over like this pan and this. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, I I thought I thought Derek McCabe, I'll I'll be the this the uh opposite of that. The the uh the
3: Charles Wallace kid. Young Sheldon. I, I thought he was fine. I thought he was <laughs> I thought he was pretty <laughs> solid and in a very that's a very difficult role for whatever age a person he is. Of the three child actors especially of the, compared to the other two, I thought he was far and away the better of the three. Do
1: you think they uh, ever had to tell him to to give it more, like, do you think that kid was just hundred? I'm giving it a hundred and twenty five percent every time. Yeah, like a lot I of hate there. Yeah, gosh, yeah. No, those types I, of I kids are just. It is hard, but, but I know it's annoying too.
3: Look, it, it's it's hard, <laughs> man. It's it's really hard for any director in any movie to pull off three young child actors, especially ones you haven't done much. That's why that's a big reason why this is a movie that maybe should have just been left on the page is that it's, it's really hard to find three child actors at different ages, uh, who can, <laughs> who can, who can do it, you know?
1: <laughs> do they say Charles Wallace a lot in the book? Yeah. Is it like a yeah. Gatsby yes. old sport thing where it's just like, okay, this is annoying, but if it's like this, if, you know, F Scott Fitzgerald wrote this words, like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like if, if Charles Wallace, yeah. Charles Wallace is, all they say in the in the book then maybe
3: that that okay. that's maybe the most faithful part of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the translation to no i'm 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 joking but yes it is that that is over and over again it's charles wallace charles wallace charles wallace
1: so um yeah. speaking of a translation something that i thought probably would have worked very well in the books that just didn't work on screen was Mindy Kaling's character of quoting all the quotes. I'm sure that reads very well and it's a very enchanting character, but I just didn't find that to work at all for me, um especially when they're bringing in Chris Tucker lines and I just That like, was maybe
0: my biggest problem. If you're going to have gonna Mindy time. Kaling
1: in a movie, <laughs> I feel like give her something to say besides having her quote quotes. I just didn't I don't know what that character brought into this movie, besides a little bit of comic relief, maybe, but that was it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That didn't work.
3: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. And it, it <laughs> I like Mindy a lot. I actually, I liked her on screen better than almost anybody I liked else. Her look better no. than
1: all the other, three. Yeah. But the character her
3: look and just kind of demeanor and stuff was fun. That bit ran out of steam. Real, yeah. About around about the time that that she quoted Chris Tucker, is kind of when that. For me, when the bit kind of jumped the shark, and, and I was uh, I was ready to be done with that. that
0: point, I, I spent like the next fifteen minutes trying to figure out <laughs> the Chris Tucker line. I couldn't figure <laughs> it out because I think I mean they did like a PG version,
3: yeah, of a
0: one word line.
1: Uh, not a
0: dang.
1: Was that it? <laughs> yeah, yes. something like that. Yeah, I didn't Tucker, play well.
0: Nineteen
1: ninety four. What did you say? Oh, oh it American. Was rough. <laughs> I liked her I did like her outfit, how it had like the the different fabrics with the quotes writing on them mm-hmm. and everything. I thought that was good. Um Oprah being like disenchanting. enchanting. Of, I'm ungodly. Oh I'm so I'm bigger than a lot of voice. No. No, <laughs> no, no how it's
2: that not. how does that one go again, Kent? Just give me both of them.
0: Oh, this is <laughs> Okay, Oprah Oprah,
2: Oprah. Oprah is
0: it's fantastic, fantastic
1: piece, like Okay, that's fantastic.
2: That's okay, now Oprah again.
1: Oh, this is Oprah.
2: Oprah fantastic no. piece. One more I, time.
1: I, Oprah's Oprah, Oprah's character. I don't know if if the character is pretty much God in the book, correct? Something like that. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's not like characters
0: this big, this big reveal yeah. and it's
1: like you hear Oprah's voice yeah. and like, well, who could that be? It's Oprah. And she comes over the hill and she's like, now it's giant Oprah. And she's got these big eyebrows and these Oprah! I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just didn't think yeah. any of that worked. Not N- great, none of not the stuff with the witches of worked design, at all. Yeah. Like the stuff that worked was like the, the okay, the, the, the daughter Meg Murray is going into this land to find her dad. And weird stuff happens along the way. I don't need any of the Mrs. What's her name or whatchamacallits <laughs> doing by the way, weird product placement with whatchamacallit, just all over the place in this. <laughs> um but it 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 it's just once they go into the actual land and there's the scene where they're like bouncing the balls in the neighborhood and there's just weird surreal stuff going on, and then they go into the place and Michael Pena's there and his arms are falling off. I that stuff works. I don't know why they didn't just go for that the entire time uh during this. Um I know why they didn't is because that's not what's in the book, but if it doesn't make it into a good movie, then why are we even doing this in the first place? If the story <laughs> the story doesn't work, I don't I don't know why we're here. And um do you think Brian that this movie this book can be made into a good movie? Or this is just a bad version of the book? Man,
3: that's a hard question. Uh, no, I, I think it's. I think if you were to adapt this and have it hit the right tone and note and and be faithful and blah blah blah, blah I think you'd almost have to do like a short run Netflix series or something, and and kind of lean to the the edgier, darker elements of it. Like, I just I don't know. It, it you'd have to find kids that can pull off the material and i don't know no, i i would i i don't know maybe maybe even up to like two weeks ago i would have said yeah we can figure this out there's there's a way to do this even if this is not the way to do it and having reread the book and then having seen this movie i don't think so i think this should just be left left on the page and let's let's leave it alone i don't know megan you re, you reread it recently what do you what do you think on that <laughs>
0: Yeah, when I was watching it, I was wondering maybe if it would work better like animated, because yeah just that kind of gives into this whole surreal aspect. I don't really like movies that kind of have super CGI vibes in general. I never saw Valyrian for that reason. But um
3: and a million other reasons, but yeah,
0: yeah and a million that. other reasons, but that was a good one. <laughs> um, so when I was kind of watching, you know, a lot of the aspects in the book you know, are from Meg's point of view. And she kind of says like, Oh, it's, you know, difficult to explain. Maybe I would say it was kind of like a centaur, but not really. So, you know, when there's like paragraphs of that, you know, there's not really a set roadmap on how you would do that. And I think I might've been a little more forgiving if it had been animated.
3: Mm, Yeah. I think that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. That that's a way you could potentially do it is. They did an animated.
1: I think they did one. uh, It was a TV movie though. That's what they did they yeah it's 2003 they did a TV movie animated one that I guess nobody saw or I don't know what the deal was there but I think they're man the, the, the story has stood the test of time that's what you guys I guess that's kind of the point is that I feel like there is a version of this with the right in the right scenario that could work um you know I, how many versions of the Lord of the Rings came out before the definitive version came out you know I, I think there is a there's a possibility that Somewhere down the line, it could turn into something, maybe a television series, something like that. I don't know. Um, so yeah, you if- know what? I would like to,
3: this is this goes maybe a little bit different from what we we typically, but I, I think this would make an awesome like a blend of new school and old school. If you did a, we're always talking about how pod we haven't figured out like exactly what we can do with podcasts yet. This would make an awesome radio play done on podcasts. Like, I think that would be a really cool, cool way to yeah. go about And there probably is like a BBC radio play or something that is a, a wrinkle in time, but it'd be cool to update that and, and play it out on a podcast format, you know, six or eight, 10 episodes or something like that. That would be really, I think that might be the coolest way and best way to bring this story forward and kind of remind people or a new generation of how good the story is and still have it, good.
0: Yeah, cuz and when I reread it so much of it I feel like is one of those things where you're kind of picturing what you want to picture. And mm-hmm. so in that way you're like is, would I ever be happy with anything else? Probably sure. not.
3: Yeah, great point.
1: Exactly. Um this movie Big Big Offender in the Overshirt Department. I mean, so many overshirts. At some point, I mean, they're, take, they're taking off the overshirts and then carrying them around the Enchanted Land and then putting them back on the overshirts. I'm like, why? Why just ditch the overshirt in the land, guys? I, it's, just, it's like, uh, this is so funny. What a, not. There was okay, so there was pointery scene with a paper a quantum mechanics explanation and over shirts. That's two for two. We missed a file scene in this. We would have been three for three guys. (laughs) All the marks for (laughs) the enchanted list of wonder. Um, all right. Um, Ava DuVernay has been talked a lot about her as a director. Um, I thought (laughs) some of the framing in the movie I thought was just bad. Um, the rule of thirds seems she seemed to have flipped it completely around at some parts of the movie. Like the characters looking to the left uh, of the screen while framed on the left or looking to the right while framed on the right a lot in the movie. And that always bugs me when it's not framed, how I think it should be framed and, and Mm -hmm. um, just some just generic filmmaking rules i want to say that just she didn't seem to follow and that's fine if you want to do that but in a movie like this in a disney movie you really do have to just go straight down the middle with it and not take any big creative leaps and how you're shooting it and i think that's all for the best and i could tell she tried to go and mix it up a little bit but for me that didn't work either um so man i don't I feel like if you went all out with that, though, like all out with the surreal nature aspect of it, it could have been something fun, like a kind of, a, I don't know, Twilight zone Black Mirror something. I don't know. There's, yeah. there's something cool you can do with this. I agree. It's not
4: this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I think it's important to say that Ava <sighs> DuVernay, like Selma's very, very good. And it, Oh,
1: I love Selma, having, too. Yeah,
3: Having one bad movie on your resume does not necessarily mean that you're Not a good director or anything like that. I I treat this. Ron Howard's a
1: great director. He has like
2: eleven terrible movies.
3: Yeah, totally, totally. So I feel like that has to be said. I also feel like it has to be said that it's and and this is unfair and it shouldn't be this way. But there is like a fear that because she's made a bad movie, that and and that it and for us as as you know pseudo critics that we're kind of heaping (laughs) upon that that she (laughs) it's less likely that she'll get another chance to do something. On this grand of a scale, and that sucks because it shouldn't happen, and I hope that it doesn't happen. I, I, and honestly, I don't think it will because I think she is enough of a presence that uh, she will get chances that that maybe previous uh, directors, you know, uh, POC directors or female directors are not going to get. I think she will continue to get chances, and that's great. That's what we all want. But I, I treat this the same way as I would like. This movie remind me a lot of uh, of Tomorrowland with with Brad yep. Bird like a director mm-hmm. that I really uh, yeah. respect, really like, and I was excited about what he was going to bring to the screen. And that movie really didn't work at all. Um, but you like you kind of say for me, I say, look, it was ambitious. I give him credit. I give Brad Bird and Ava Duvernay both credit for, for uh some trying something different and, and being ambitious with the project that they were on. The project did not work at all. Now what do we do uh moving forward? But you have to you have to say because you're you're right, Kent. Like, and Richard, you you hit on this too. It it's not well directed at all. And if you want to <laughs> if you want to blame that on the studio interference, that's fine. I don't care. Like, I don't care where how we assign blame in this case. But we we do have to say it's is a very poorly directed
1: film. There was a you, point where I, where I was little legitimately. There was there's ten minutes of the movie, Brian, where yeah. it's ten minutes in or, in a row, like straight. Where I'm like, who's directing this? Like, did they mm-hmm. did they like hire, uh, you know, the B unit guy? Like, was she gone for something for some, you know, award yeah. ceremony? And like, somebody else had to shoot for a week. Like, that's what it felt like. I was like, surely <laughs> she didn't do this because it felt. And I'll, I, maybe I'll have to go back and do some kind of video essay on it. But like, I'll point out like this should not look like this. I promise yeah. you. Like nobody should have approved this shot the way it looks. Right. Um And it's right. at, at pivotal times too, emotional scenes, and it's just, oh man, it was did not
3: give yeah. me faith. It, it, it,
1: yeah, it didn't. It didn't work on that front. Uh-huh. And and
3: and I, I'm with you too. I want to follow up on a point there that you made about if you. C- I feel like if they would if you would have leaned if she would have leaned in more and maybe if studio would have leaned in more on let's just make this a little bit different and weird if we're going to do these weird shot selections and camera placements and angles and all this sort of stuff then you kind of have to go all in on that you can't you can't sort of dip your toes in in those waters and so like I'd seen some people that described this as like a trippy misfire and I I can't disagree with that more it it should have been more trippy if the movie I think if this movie was kind of trippy and weird and out there, and and you kind of could walk away being like, "There's something stylistically there that kind of makes up for some of the the problems of of the scripting and the acting and all that," and maybe if in a in a perfect world, maybe some of that <sighs> quirkiness or that uh, that trippiness, maybe that adds to these performances and these these uh, the writing and the characters and stuff. And instead, it's Richard. You said at the beginning, it's like like kind of retrofitted almost to an audience that I'm, I'm not sure that it was meant that it was geared towards in the first place. It's just an, it's a, it's a very odd experience from a a directing standpoint. And, and you have to, I, it would be, it would be disingenuous for me, at least I won't speak for the rest of y'all, but it would be disingenuous not to say to put that up front to be like, look, it's not a well-directed movie and it's, I ho- That doesn't mean that I don't think that she can direct movies. It's just this one's not done well, and and I don't know what else I'm to gonna say on I'm going to take the other know.
2: side of this,
3: not to play devil's
2: advocate, Brian. I'm going to take the other side that this isn't a very good movie, and because of that, I don't think any women or people of color can or should <laughs> <stop> <laughs> <to> direct <laughs> uh, a, I think that's a reasonable idea. It think is holy. Totally, no, 100%
1: you know it's another angle Brian. It's um- and like we're just having a dialogue here <laughs> <Right. my opinion. laughs> dialogue you, you almost feel bad because a wrinkle in time is essentially like a it seems cursed like a time bomb i mean it's like no matter who directed this i feel like it was gonna fail it's not her fault right in a way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. If it's ahead, unfilmable Megan. i mean she's <laughs> we'll see with this um when Denny does this Dune movie here in the next couple of years, you know, there are so yeah, many properties yeah. like unfilmable will never will never happen. And if it, if he can't do it, then maybe nobody can, you know, Um I, if her next two movies, you know, are winning Oscars, then this will, this will be a fluke. It, this, to me, this reminds me of, it felt like the dark tower last year to me. It's a property that had a lot of fan base, you know, back to it and just, didn't translate and if anything it translated into an excessively mediocre film <laughs> it, like hor- like it's impressive how mediocre it is like it's not that it's that bad or that good like right down the middle like i don't i don't know how how they made it that mediocre but they did um so man i this does give me hope for some people, but not for live action Disney <laughs> things involving any anybody involved in this. So I don't know what to say. But a man speaking of time bombs, this was originally supposed to have Johnny Greenwood doing the score, but he dropped out of the oh, project. Whoa,
3: that's yeah. Different.
1: So that yeah. would have been a weird <laughs> I don't know if that would've made it better, but speaking of the surreal aspect that's probably the road they were going to go down like man johnny greenwood get david duvernay like this could be cool and they're like no this needs to be a disney movie and we'll uh we'll go down that road instead but um i want to kind of mention some movies that they've got coming out what what's on the future slate for disney because they seem to always have fifty thousand things down the pipeline so um what just came out March 9th, 2018 is A Wrinkle in Time. Later this year, they have a Dolphins Disney nature documentary uh, dropping in April. Then they have The Incredibles 2 coming this summer in June. Um, in August, they have the Christopher Robin movie that we mentioned. Um, in November, they have The Nutcracker, which is a live-action CG Nutcracker movie, it looks like. Yeah, it's live-action. Can't, so, Can't wait. Uh, um i hate the nutcracker i know out on that such a tired nutcracker in the four realms is what it's called and uh then we have later that month we have ralph breaks the internet record ralph 2 and uh the mary poppins returns on christmas next year we're entering the year strong in march with tim burton's dumbo yeah Complete mm. silence. Uh, wait. a <laughs> Disney wait. Nature documentary about penguins, um the Aladdin live action movie next May, um Toy Story Four that uh next June. Then we have the Lion King <laughs> hybrid live action of um, an Artemis Fowl remake, apparently. They're doing a Rocketeers live action. It's a sequel called The Rocketeers plural. Um, a Peter Pan live action Frozen two, no. yeah. stop doing Peter I Pan know. live action <laughs> and stop it. It'll be no, but this one has a Coldplay soundtrack, dude. So it's totally good. <laughs> it yeah, uh, yeah. This God. it'll just be Brian. Don't you see what the Disney's in the business of? We're just going to remake our original animated ones yeah. with the same no, songs, I, it, the same it, it, yeah. That's what. There's no. That's what it's. That'll be better.
3: It, and I think David Lowry is doing that one. So I'm more interested in that. Because oh, of, is he? Yeah, yeah. That is true. That. But I am tired of peter pan live action we've got we have enough we've
1: had enough of those movies give it a break Wait, so that is november 20 Para, 2019
2: paradise
1: you psyched is, is that change your frozen that change to who? november 27th 2019 um then we have untitled disney live action film and untitled pixar film into that's my life
3: story that first one the untitled, <laughs> the untitled <laughs> live,
1: action. live action yeah.
3: film. michael b jordan is playing me it I is,
1: think. it's great um, and the only other ones we have confirmed titles for is March twenty seventh, two thousand twenty, with Mulan, the live action Mulan, and then um, in twenty twenty one of May we have Pirates of the Caribbean six. Oh, no, and no. Um, in two thousand and twenty three, <laughs> I know. In in, uh, in two thousand and twenty,
3: the podcast the week before that comes out. I can't. Do it. <laughs>
1: In 2023, we have a remake of Snow White, a live-action Snow White, which is – I mean, that's five years from now. Why are we <laughs> announcing movies half a decade away we're committing to this? Um, I'm so, all right. Uh, in development, they've got a ton. They've got 75 movies listed here in development. Um a hybrid Phineas and Ferb movie, to name one.
3: Brian. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Best
1: <laughs> um,
3: kids show of all time.
1: Another Jungle Book. Uh, Sky High 2. Um, a Tower okay. of Terror movie. A <laughs> uh, Jungle Cruise movie with Rock, which is actually and happening. Emily Blunt.
3: Yeah. yeah. Can't wait for that. I'm excited.
1: Um, a Magic Kingdom movie. So they're going to make everything at Disney World is going to be its own movie. Uh, the Haunted mm-hmm. Mansion movie. Uh, let's see. The men's uh, restroom movie looks weird. It is. It's it's <laughs> it is. It's the, the it's rated R not. version. The rated R movie yeah. about the uh, the tunnels underneath Disneyland is really kind of <laughs> you don't. Yeah. It's but produced it's by the Weinstein Bart- Company. And
3: it's
2: kind
1: of crazy. To yeah. It is. Yeah. It's weird.
3: Um, it looks amazing.
1: Yeah. I, uh, what else do we got here? Uh, gargoyles. Apparently, <laughs> Disney has the rights to that. I guess. Um, okay. I'm interested. Nemo. <laughs> Um, wow Captain
3: Nemo thought about that in a long time
1: Uh, Inspector Gadget uh, It's a Small World they're making into a movie by then they'll start over again right we'll be like Mm -hmm. right, let's do Jungle Book (laughs) back to Flubber (laughs) (laughs) it's been 11 years (laughs) here's some more Uh, James and the Giant Peach The Little Mermaid um, Maleficent 2 The Merlin Saga we're trying to do a Merlin. Uh Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, of course. Um <laughs> National Treasure 3, which why hasn't that been made 50 times already? Um Hold on,
2: is is Merlin drunk in this one or no? Yeah, hopefully.
1: <laughs> uh here you go, Richard. Oz the Great and Powerful 2. Oh no. He gets a little <laughs> handsy in that one, I heard. <laughs> and um I guess
2: uh, something the tells you that one. Be happening.
1: Um we have a Tinkerbell movie and a Splash Mountain movie. So Finally. that's Gosh. just maybe 20 of the 75 I could have probably <laughs> named that they're they have in quote quote in development at Disney. So um all that to say I guess they're they went down this road with an original movie that uh hadn't been really done in the right way. And still hasn't at the end of the day now they're just mm-hmm. gonna continue to make toy story sequels and live action remakes of nineties throwback animated movies, which is um which is fine, but I mean they have maybe ten or twelve that have already been announced untitled quote untitled disney live action films, so those are the movies like the Cool runnings and the Queen of Cotways and the Rookie and those types of movies that they release randomly mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the years and the, you know the Jonas Brothers 3D concert experience and you know the great <laughs> movies like that that they that are untitled um, yeah I have that on Criterion collection. it is it is Incredible. If only in 4K <laughs> is the only way you can really see the full 3D <laughs> yeah. concert experience because yeah. it is an experience um, by the way Old Dogs Two needs to happen guys where are we uh, it's two thousand. Still waiting on the Oscar. Still though. waiting That's on. As soon
3: as it wins an Oscar, then it, then they start the sequels.
1: Now you're talking about uh, uh, wild wild dogs. about old dogs with Gosh. Josh Volta. My Come bad.
2: On. Gosh, but don't worry, old dogs and wild dogs, <laughs> same director. Same, Not yeah. kidding.
3: Same cinematic yeah. universe. That's why I was confused.
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah, man, it syncs with Robert Williams. That's probably. I mean, it's it's very sad that we lost him and and all the you know the great career that he had and the family that uh you know was that lost him in the in and in and just all the properties that we lost i think but the great and all the charity work he did but i think the biggest loss it was not being able to see old dogs too i think we all felt that the most
1: exactly gosh all right i'm done i'm completely done with this <laughs> um and you know i i wish this was better man i it's not often we get to talk about bad Disney movies, though. At the end, you know, honestly, they they have a very good track record, and it's not it's not often that they miss. I mean, the last time I, rem- I remember them missing to this effect was with John Carter. I think um, had a lot of people liked it, yeah. and thought it was a fateful Tomorrow adaptation. Tomorrowland is is is, is applicable through the too. looking
3: glass and, the looking. and you know, Oz. I mean, the the March ish. Live action Disney movie is is a uh, I know Tomorrowland was May, but a lot of those movies came out in March or or uh, April, and it and it it kind like, of <laughs> has the like reputation Oz made the a thing. ton of money though.
1: This made thirty million dollars. Made a lot of money.
3: This make money overseas. It, it's fine. It'll make money. I don't know what the budget was. It'll do okay. It won't do Oz money, but but I don't think it's going to do Tomorrowland money, which was really bad. So it's they'll salvage something out of it. It's just, it's not, it's certainly not the movie that, that anybody was trying to give us, you know?
1: Not at all. Um, we'll see next week when, with the, uh, with the percentage of drop off, maybe this does pretty decent this next weekend. Maybe it was just a weird weekend last week for people. Uh, If this does 20, 25 million this next weekend, maybe it'll do a pretty, pretty, pretty good haul. But if it drops off. 60% 60% or more, it, it, it's not looking good. But uh, Megan, do you have any other thoughts on this? I feel like I've hoarded the conversation. Do you want to talk about Lettuce Lady some more? Because I can do that. <laughs> Is that in the book?
0: Um, Not, no, I guess. Oh, I <laughs> um, see, creative not, freedom,
1: Lettuce Lady. Yes, good. creative good freedom.
0: Um, I mean, there's just a lot, I guess, that I could talk about. Not much that I want to talk about, I guess. (laughs) Good point, good, excellent point. (laughs) The um, the whole Zach Galifianakis scene was, I mean, I think it was supposed to be funny. My theater was just silent. It was painful. Mm. Um, I don't even know if there were any kids in my theater. I think it was adults, and none of us were really having that. How about
2: that right (laughs) in, though, yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, You know, you guys were talking about kind of the directing and you know i kind of agree with you know it's kind of a weird property and like you know it makes sense to kind of do some jarring camera work in a way but at the same time you know if you're mixing that with oprah saying become one with the universe and yourself which is the least surprising thing in the world to me it doesn't really work (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i yeah i agree with richard early on it was just kind of a mess
1: yeah uh, to say the least to say the least well it's roundabout times for grades on this um i will save my grade but um <laughs> who wants to who volunteers to to go i'll, I'll go i'll go i can go first, can um, go first i'll give this i'll give this a i'll give this a d plus it's not a passing grade a c would have been a pass doesn't get a pass <laughs> It's not an F minus 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 because it did have a, a redeeming scene at the end. Uh, a heart heartwarming scene, I should say that, uh, that worked. Uh, so it wasn't a complete fail in that regard, but, uh, definitely not a pass. So D plus from KG. <clears throat> what about you, Brian? Yeah. Uh,
3: I think to me, like the biggest, maybe the, the worst of all the, the movies, Issues is is what we said at the outset is like the movie's only two hours long. It it certainly doesn't feel it felt it felt like four or five hours long. It's a really tedious film experience, and you 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 ultimately it doesn't feel like you spend much time at all in the magical world. And you get like this one scene with the flowers, and and then they're headed to Kamazots, and Kamazots is a weird place, and it jumps really quickly, and then it ends very abruptly with a very cliche sort of finale. So they, I don't know. I feel like the, the movie could have saved itself some, if just we get a little more time there and, and have a, a little bit less buildup and, and whatnot. Uh, so for me, it's like, I don't, I don't do D plus or it, it's, it's, I guess I would go, I guess I would go C minus and I'd, I could come back and drop that later, honestly I it, I kind of it's hard to, to grade a movie like this early in the year for me because I I, I kind of grade against everything else that I'll watch and I don't know this this has the, this one feels like a movie that I'll, I'll say C minus now that when I get down to the end of the year, I feel like ugh, this is it just has that feeling of a movie that's going to get worse in my brain over over time, which is never great but i I'll, I'll go C minus right now. Megan, what about you?
0: Yeah, I think it's already kind of gotten worse in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's been—I mean, maybe a day, but um, uh, um, I, I was probably—I was starting off. I was thinking D, but it has Chris Pine, so I'll go D plus.
1: <laughs> yeah, Chris Pine rules. Like, if it didn't have oh, him, this him. would definitely be F <laughs> minus minus. Uh, Richard,
2: Maggie, you stole my grade. I thought I was going to be clever there. I'm going to go D plus as well. Strong D plus, you know. It is. It's like when uh, it's like when you're a teacher and you want to fail the kid, but you like the kids, so you just bring them in the <laughs> class and say, "Look, get your act together. I'm gonna pass you. You get a D plus." But like next semester,
1: you really need to bring it. That's, a, that's it's uh, that. you you love triple D, don't you, uh, Richard? Diners, drive-ins, yeah. and dives. <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe the best. Yep, that's the only thing that matters. The only yes. show that matters. Throw some D's. <laughs>
1: All right, let's move on and let's hit a weekly recommend.
0: Weekly recommends.
1: Okay, let's go with our guest, Megan. What's your recommend for the audience tonight?
0: Okay, so I went with a service this week. So I saw online that have you guys heard of Filmstruck?
2: I yeah have. yeah the Criterion streaming uh, yes. Service.
0: So I had never really heard of it, but I saw somewhere online that they had gotten a bunch of old movies and they kind of had a really big catalog. So I downloaded the free trial, and I'm probably going to keep this up for a while at least. Um, over the weekend, I watched a few kind of old classic movies that I'd never seen. So I saw Bringing Up Baby and His Girl Friday, and I think they're... Doing some live streaming events for South by that I haven't really checked out yet, but it's really interesting. And they have a ton of stuff and newer Criterion stuff, too. I think they have like Francis Ha and a Jonas Brothers movie, of course. Um, of course. No.
1: <laughs> Newly inducted but, this year.
0: Yes. So, um, but. I think like bang for your buck wise, if you pay, I think it's $10 a month. It has all the criterion collection and some other stuff too. So it's really,
2: yeah, I, uh, I love that. I don't have that service. I love it, but I think it's a great idea and I'm definitely happy they have it and they're able to monetize it. But I also hate it because there was a sneaky thing for about two years where all the criterion movies were on Hulu mm-hmm. and then yeah. they pulled them all off to start film struck. And I, yeah. I definitely understand, but that was a great perk of having
1: Hulu was having mm-hmm. those. So, that's a, you could kind of consolidate there, but that's cool. Cool. Recommend. Absolutely. I, I did, I did it. I think I watched gimme shelter on there. The rolling stones documentary. Yes. Um, yeah, they had amazing. that on there that, that, that Going was a recommend. It. That was a recommend from somebody and, uh, we sat and watched it and it was awesome. And so thank you film struck for having that available too. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good, it's, it's more of a highbrow Netflix competitor for sure. They did. They have a lot of old classics on there that, um, I'm sure our listeners will enjoy. So Filmstruck is a good recommend. Richard, what'd you recommend? My recommend, pardon me,
2: is another podcast. It's on the channel 33 feed that the, uh, ringer does, mm. but it's called the press box. Mind and you. it could yeah. not be up more up my alley or Brian's alley. It's like a media criticism podcast with two dudes from Dallas, uh, David Shoemaker and Brian Curtis, who I, re- I love. Brian Curtis is one of my favorite writers. Uh, and uh they just talk about trends in both sports and all media um and uh it's re- really smart really interesting kind of water cooler talk about uh the media industry both on the news side the political side the sports side the entertainment side all in. and it's probably for a very well i guess if you're listening to this podcast it could be up your alley but uh so i wouldn't recommend it to everyone but it's if you're into that kind of thing um, it's about as good of an hour as you can spend. So I'm going to recommend The Press Box. It doesn't have its own podcast feed. It's part of the Channel 33 podcast feed uh, that you can find on all your various podcast platforms.
1: Cool. I'm Honestly, very good. It is pretty much garbage, so just listen to The Press Box. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to recommend um, a movie that does fall into the line of the surreal, psychological twist, thriller kind of movie. Um, hadn't watched it in maybe a year or two, but every time I revisit it, I'm like, man, why wasn't this more appreciated in its time? And in some circles it has been, and some circles it hasn't. Um, I'm gonna recommend uh, *Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind*. Uh, yeah. re- re- watched it on Blu-ray this past weekend, revisited it, and man, really creative movie, and a cool turn for Jim Carrey, a cool turn for you know Kate Winslet and Mark Ruffalo and Elijah Wood and almost everybody involved. Um, well, the way it's shot and edited and, and everything, it's the most non Darren Aronofsky movie ever. You know, the most Darren Aronofsky, non Darren Aronofsky movie ever. <laughs> um, and I uh, can't recommend it enough if you haven't seen it. Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind is worth checking out. I think it's on Netflix, maybe something like that. And um, it's worth purchasing for sure. And it, it, it's definitely one that you find something new every time you, you go back and watch it. And um, nope. it's my recommend. So. Eternal Sweet. Sunshine, yeah, revisit that one. That'd be a good uh, throwback yes. episode at some point too.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. What
1: about I haven't you? Seen that in a long time? What about you, Brian?
3: I'm going to recommend a book. It's called The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly. It's uh, it's kind of a like a, a I don't know a collection. Uh, it's a it's sort of fairy tale, but with the I don't know a little bit more of a literary twist. I don't typically enjoy. Uh, that like that Once Upon a Time kind of storytelling, like the T V show Once Upon a Time, that is never not usually my favorite kind of thing, but this is it's really well written. I listened to it over the last week. I, I highly recommend the audiobook because the reader is great and he has kind of a Jim Dale vibe to his voice, which is which is always good, but uh, it, it's it's got a little bit of Neil Gaiman to it and a little bit of C.S. Lewis, and uh, it's was a really I, I was very very impressed by the the writing and the storytelling and the way that uh, that Connolly brought it all together. And again, the audiobook i the 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 reader's voice may have sold it uh, even more so than just reading the book itself, which is always good. The audiobook kind of adds to the the feeling of the movie or, or excuse me of the book. I always. I always appreciate that greatly, and that that's, I think this is one of those examples. So, so check that one out as well.
1: Very good, very good. Uh, thank you so much, Megan, for joining us again. You are welcome oh, thanks, back Jeremy. anytime, and uh, we'll see you in twenty twenty nine for a Time too. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks so much for joining us. If you want to hear more, check out our VIP feed where we have fun. Content coming at you more than one time a week, which is um, the extent of this uh, feed for for the most part. But, you know, sometimes we have uh, some some throwbacks. I think we're in the main feed this this uh, month. We're talking, uh, what was it, Royal bombs? I think, on the throwback main feed, something like that. So be on the lookout for those. If you want to check that out, it's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP and uh, we will talk to you guys in the VIP club over there after the show. But, Brian, where can we find you online, sir?
3: You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Megan, where can we find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all at spell Megan.
2: Letterboxd, that's a good one. That is, that a, good is, one. is a good one. You, can, you can't find me on Letterboxd. I refuse. This is the most you can get me <laughs> on that front. But you can find me, Richard Barden, at Richard Barden, uh, on pretty much any other social media, uh, at Instagram, all that good stuff, Twitter, all that nonsense. Kent, where can I
1: find you? Online at Kent Garrison on Twitter, Instagram, and Snap. And thank you so much for listening. Hit subscribe. Leave us five stars if you like what you hear. And uh, next week, we're talking Tomb Raider. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New Tomb yeah, Raider. Camp. That is. Super. Super. All right. Until then, we'll see you at the center. Good
2: night. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed
0: salad and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face.
4: They're making me ya ya, the salad is scrambled eggs.
2: They're calling again.